Hey everyone, welcome to the Next Gen Marine and Outdoors podcast, where we talk fishing, hunting, the marine industry, and the outdoors. I'm Lane Runyon. Let's get on with the show. Welcome guys to episode eight, Next Gen Marine and Outdoors. How y'all doing? I am staring at some beautiful reels from Six Gill Fishing Products. Just want to thank Six Gill again for sponsoring us. We needed, desperately needed a rod and reel sponsor. I mean, I just, my stuff was so worn out and yeah, I mean, I could buy rods and, you know, I'd have to go extremely cheap. I just don't have the budget for it right now with everything we're doing. They stepped up and they helped us out. And uh, so we're going to have some awesome rods this year. Um, tomorrow, the uh, fishing rods will actually arrive. We've got the reels now. So uh, we'll do a YouTube video and we'll kind of visit back on this uh, when we get uh, to that point and we have everything in. But I can't wait to go over this stuff with you guys. It's really, really nice stuff. I've owned it before. It did really well. And the new stuff looks amazing. I cannot wait to get it out and try it. Just need some ice to kind of go away and get off the water. <laughs> anyway, so today we're talking about Garmin. So stay tuned and we'll get on to that. So if you watch my uh, walk around on YouTube, you would have seen my uh, kind of what I'm running on the boat and everything as far as the Garmin stuff. I have been a Garmin fan since, gosh, I mean, I ordered my boat in 2016 when I had my Triton and that's when I first ordered the Garmin stuff. And I'd seen, I had a small hummingbird on my Champion bass boat that I had and uh, a couple of Rances that didn't work, go figure. I had just really, hadn't really gotten the graph stuff yet. It's amazing how that's kind of blown up. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so I ordered, I think they were eight inch Garmin's on my, uh, 18 TRX Triton that I had. They were the crispest 2D and down scan that I, that you could buy at the time. Panoptics had just come out and, uh, so not many people had that yet. And it was a pretty crude version of what we have today. Um, so I never really experimented with that. Uh, we, as a dealer, we were definitely more on the Lorance side. The guys there had been Lorance for so long and the Florence fell out of favor with most of the fishing fishermen at least in the phoenix area they kind of just dropped it off the map um customer service issues usability issues they were just tough to kind of navigate they just weren't that smooth to go through all the menu and everything you had to push 10 buttons to get anywhere hummingbird and mincota really kind of absorbed that market and once mincota released the ultrex which we had all been thinking at the time if we could have the electronic components and the anchor hold of the Tarova and Altera and the iPilot, any of the iPilots, and one of our wire guided trolling motors. That would be just ridiculous. Well, Mincota stepped up and bam, did they do it. So fast forward to a few years ago, Garmin announced we're then also going to release a trolling motor. And I thought this has to be good. I cannot wait for my next boat because I know exactly what's going on. It's going to be this Garmin before I even saw it. And what they did is really, I mean, it's astonishing. A brushless motor, very quiet. I've been on the, most of you probably aren't familiar with the South Fork. Some of you are the Snake River. During the summertime, that is a high flowing river. It is a lot of current. I can hold my 20 foot boat. No, I mean, not in the main current, but I can get off in the sloughs and stuff and spot my lock myself all day with that trolling motor. And it just does it. And I have not killed my batteries yet. Not even close. Fished all day in Arizona. Trolled with the trolling motor all day. Did not kill the batteries. 
that trolling motor is the most efficient trolling motor I have used. And it's not a 20 foot boat. I should, in all intents and purposes, if it was five years ago, I would have a 36 volt system in there. Um, which, with, luckily with the Garmin, when you buy the Garmin unit, you're buying both a 24 and a 36 volt unit. There's an automatic switch in there. All you gotta do is wire the batteries in correctly and it'll detect an auto switch over to that 36 volt. Uh, which effectively brings it from an 80 pound thrust trolling motor to a 100 pound thrust trolling motor. I'm actually considering it doing it myself um, just for the river and having the extra power. I have to really decide because right now I'm running lead acids and uh, is the extra weight of the lead acid really worth going to that 36 volt? It may not be. Um, jet boats are weight kind of intolerant. So to have something intolerant with weight, you don't really want to add too much, can affect the performance negatively. So I don't know yet. You know, I might throw a battery in there and drive it around one day and see if it really messes up anything. It might be nice to have that extra power. I will have to buy a new battery charger at that point. So the Garmin has a lot of things going for it. They make a 50 inch and a 57 inch. I run the 57 inch on my boat now. Um, that was advice of people that had mounted trolling motors on the boats before. I don't think I need that. I think a 45, 50 inch would have been totally fine. It would have fit in the cover better. Um, but I mean, regardless, it works well. I can lift it up and use, you know, use it in shallow water and everything and sticks up a little higher than I'd like it to, but it's not bad and uh, works extremely well. The spot lock holds true. Um, seemed like now when I calibrated everything the first time, it didn't take the best but I, it was in a little bit of current in a slough i need to go to a lake on a flat calm day and really program it and calibrate it that day and see if that tightens everything up a little bit so that's the next thing i will do and maybe i'll come back and revisit it and kind of let you guys know how that went but i love the trolling motor i mean the uh twin gas strut system in it it throws over it can really easy anybody could throw that trolling motor over uh, it doesn't, you know, drop on you and bang. And when you pick it up, it doesn't bang going down. It's just nice and smooth all the way. It'll hold halfway up if you want it to. Uh, the pedal um, being wireless, I was nervous about it. I wasn't, I kind of like the Minkota system where you're kind of attached to the trolling motor. Guys, that pedal is astonishing. It's got a tensioner in it. I can, if you blindfolded me, I couldn't tell you if I was on a wire or using my wireless electronic pedal. I mean, that thing is so true to feel that you don't even know that you're using it. And uh, two, right now I'm running mine on the double A's. Um, you get two options with the, with the Garmin. Um, you can run it on a, you can do a hard cable, um, which has a quick detach, kind of like the fish finders do. So you can just detach it and take it down or whatever you need, um, or you can run on two double A's. I've been running on two double A's since I got the boat in last June. So seven, eight months, somewhere around there. Yeah, seven months. And I uh, have not killed the batteries yet, haven't had any issues. I'm Before my next trip's here, I'll probably go ahead and just exchange those out, get new batteries in it for the season. I can't remember what Garmin said, but it's a, it's a long time for the batteries to last in that, in that pedal. And I have no reason not to believe it. I mean, because I haven't had any issues so far. Uh, pairing the pedal to the trolling motor, no issues. The remote control for Garmin is user-friendly as can be. When I was in Arizona, I got to use the... Um, kind of the point and shoot feature. I'm trying to remember what they call it, but basically the point and shoot feature where you can actually steer the trolling motor just moving the uh, remote. And that actually came in handy when I was helping, you know, my brother. When I, actually, I wasn't out on the brother day, Tori's brother that day that I was using it. And being able to like to steer away from the uh, banks and stuff by just pointing the remote and hitting a button was great. The heading feature on the remote is amazing. You just hit, you just click. And if you want to go a different direction and change directions, you can do it in small increments or you can hold and click and it'll change your heading to wherever you're pointing that remote. That seemed to work 
100%. I mean, exactly how it should. I didn't have any issues I've experienced with that. Um, spot lock, like I say, holds true. As long as you got a little bit of wind, like any trolling with spot lock, it, it keeps you on there. Um, I, it's just, I, there's nothing else I can really say about it. I mean, it's really good. The mount is robust. Um, I don't mean robust, like hard to deal with. It was very easy to install personally. I didn't have any issues. Um, I didn't quite pay attention when I was doing my strap. Um, I hold down straps, so I need to kind of tinker with that and get that under the plastic cover and come out in the right place. Um, that hasn't been an issue. And then uh, a small, one of those small TH Marines uh, support pole things for the boat that go down like the flooring just to keep from the indent of the uh, trolling motor support going in the carpet and just having that nice setting place there or on the sea deck in my case. I want to put one of those in too, just kind of clean it up a little bit and then uh, get a little sea uh, deck pad. Um, TH Marine sells them, DD26 sells them. You can put that cover on there even when your trolling motor pedal doesn't get hot, but it also makes it non-slip and a little bit more intuitive when you hit the buttons on it. I do a lot of combination between the foot pedal and the uh, and the hand remote, and I'm, both are useful in exactly where you need them. Um, I think as bass fishermen going in the future, or any fisherman using a trolling motor for its purpose, and I come out of the bass world, I think you have to be proficient in using both the foot pedal and the remote in today's world to be able to have to me, to catch fish and to catch fish often and every time you go out, at least almost every time, you can't control everything, but it's almost every time you go out, the number one for thing for me is boat control. The better I can control my boat, the more fish I'm going to catch. Everything is second to boat control. That's why you, I would say you need these trolling motors. You need at least know how to operate what you have proficiently. And getting into the spot lock trolling motors and the uh, electronic trolling motors, be able to go to waypoints and things like that, like such as iLink or the Garmin Force or the Lowrance Ghost, any of those trolling motors, being able to do that gives you more boat control, which in turn will, you'll be able to catch more fish. Second to that is going to be you know bait selection and yada yada down the line. We'll get into more of that kind of stuff later on. But the trolling motors have definitely opened up a lot of possibilities and better comfort for when fishing especially in high winds and current and i still remember i'm not old but i'm old enough to still remember having to stand on a trolling motor pedal and be falling all over the boat during a windstorm because you got waves hitting you and you're trying to hold yourself on a spot to fish this one tree trunk and you're falling over the place trying to keep yourself together so it's just such an amazing opportunity to have these things um and you know be able to use it and control the boat like we have been and mine's been flawless so I am pro Garmin. I am Garmin all the way. My next boat and next boat and next boat will have Garmin barring any like major thing that happens. Garmin going out of business, disappearing or something like that, which I don't see in the near future. Um, they've just been absolutely amazing. So do not shy away. Uh, the Troy Motor is a little more expensive up front. It costs closer to the 36 volt iLink Minn Kota. So there is a little bit more of a bullet to bite there, but it's 100% worth it, guys. Get a hold of the Garmin trolling motor. Use it on your boat. You will not be sorry. Let's move on to graphs. So moving on to fish finders. Um, another thing I'm going to try and do, guys, um, just kind of a little segue here. Not a segue, but offshoot. Um, I'm going to try and do these more in segments and kind of, you know, give us something to kind of go off of for next step, next step. So... Anyway, moving on, we're going to go to uh, fish finders. On my boat, I run two 93 SVs, UHDs. Um, so UHD is their Echo Map uh, units that you can get from Garmin. 
93 is just your, your nine inch. Um, I have side scan, down scan, uh, 2D in the back, and then up front I'm running a side scan, down scan, and pan optics. Um, and then I have two graphs. I don't have them networked. I haven't seen a need to network them yet, uh, but some of the waypoint stuff and everything would actually be nice to have them, to have them network together. So that's something I'm gonna revisit in the future and see if I wanna do that. The Garmin Fish Finder guys, oh, I love them. Out there striper fishing this last bit. And we'll get into like, even like trout fishing or you know smallmouth fishing here using side scan in the river in shallow water. Absolutely amazing. The image on the Garmin for the down scan, not the down scan, but the 2D, even just the 2D, we'll go to the regular 2D sonar. You know, 2D and fish is crisper and clearer than anything you can get on the market, anything. Garmin has the best down scan, side scan, 2D that you can get, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, Lawrence is very close. Hummingbird is a little bit less after that. I don't think Hummingbird has the quality of image that the other two do. Garmin is certainly on the top. I mean, I just, you don't lose imagery. You can see fish stacked on top of fish and you see distinct lines. It just does a better job through whatever chirp system they're using or however they're laying it down. That's so those sonar waves. The reason I run two, uh, just like in a bass boat, is my console one. I'm typically doing mapping, um, keeping my so I can see my lines where I've been driving the rivers. That's really helpful on GPS. I'm running GPS in general. I can graph from the back, idling around, save a lot of time versus being on the trolling motor, and uh, mark fish and zones and everything. And I have that actually synced up to my trolling motor, um, which connects my Bluetooth, which is really nice. And uh, so if I set a waypoint down on a pile of fish or structure or anything I want to fish, I can tell my trolling motor, hey, go here. And I can put myself right on top of it and then move into other techniques to fish it, whether it's jigging, throwing a Carolina rig, Texas rig, uh, two baits, whatever I'm doing that day or whatever style I'm fishing. There's not a ton I can say about the units other than they are very friendly to use uh, with touch screen and buttons both to navigate, which is really nice. So you don't always have to have fingerprints on your screens if you don't want them. I just use the touch screen. It's, it's very, you know, the screens now are so nice. They stay clean and you don't smudge them up too bad. Uh, sun glare is a non-issue. I haven't had any issues with sun glare. Um, finding where you are, what you need on the mapping or going to sonar switching over is very, very easy. Um, that run one on the front and then my front one's connected to primarily I'm running either 2D sonar at the front so I can jig when I'm looking for things or I can go up to my panoptics and then I have my live scope and we'll get more live scope here in a minute. Um, but both useful tools having in the front and the back. I, for most situations, if you're not, and you know, I'd say a trout fisherman here that's buying a jet boat from us and going to go run the South Fork primarily, or, you know, a little bit the lower Henry's Fork, or the lower snake and just fly fishing. I think you probably don't need two graphs. You probably don't even need a trolling motor's caliber of the Garmin, even though it will really help you out. And you definitely, you know, be at an advantage having it. Um, but you probably don't need that where you're going to probably going to sit on anchor, jump out and fly fish. So, you know, I would do probably one of the console just so you have your mapping and everything. But when you get into bass stuff and you really want to graph things and find structure where these fish are holding, if you want to get back into, you know, if you want to get into tournament fishing like I'm going to do again, um, you got to be competitive. So you got to have this stuff and be able to fish against these guys. So that being said, the way that I have my boat set up now with the nines, um, now using pan optics and live scope the way I have, I can definitely see the reason of having two graphs up on the front. Um, 
we used to laugh when we started seeing this come up, but now it's like, okay, I completely understand now that I'm using it. If I was going to do it again or upgrade, I would probably go to at least a 10 for my main graph instead of a nine, just have that little bit more of a screen. Um, doesn't seem like much, but there is a definite difference looking at the 10 versus the nine. Um, I'd do at least one 10, if not two at the front or the bow. And at the console, I think I'd just do a 12. I don't think I need two at the console yet. I can split a screen and be just as efficient at the console as anything. So I will, uh, whether I set a term in a boat or whatever I do in the future, um, I'm gonna do more than likely a 12 at the console and two 10s at the bow. It's kind of just what I'm leaning towards size-wise and everything. But yeah, I think you need that second one so you can have that 2D and stay on your fish and you got that panoptics telling you what they are doing when you are fishing them. That's the way I'm moving in the future um, as far as the electronics go, as far as the graphs go. Of course, connected to that, that uh, Garmin trolling motor. Um, live scope. So we'll kind of get into more of that in a minute, but one of the accessories that I really want to get and probably would... Right now I have it set up on uh, the transducer setup to mount to the shaft of the Garmin. I do have the perspective mode um, mount where I can twist the, the sonar to be in shallow water and see across farther distance in shallow water. That works amazing. Um, but being attached to the trolling motor shaft, as soon as you get into any wind situation where you're on spot lock and trying to fish something, you're pretty much done using a live scope unless it's right in front of you upwind. Uh, because if not, you're going to be holding a different direction. There's no way to turn it back and keep yourself in the same place. You're going to have to, you know, finagle yourself to do it. Um, so one of these, uh, DD26 makes a unit. Um, I can't remember what they call it, but basically it mounts your sonar to a separate pole and it's on an electron control that you can spin with a, it has a motor in it and you just hit a foot pedal and it'll turn that transducer, um, to aim it. Um, that's where I would lean toward my next setup. Uh, Hummingbird has their, uh, active target i think is what they call it um which is essentially the same type of device uh, which is really innovative on their part to you know include that and have that as part of their system so that's kind of what i would do with the graphs i, I think i'd just go up a little bigger size the nines work great if you're not you know i wouldn't even say hardcore but unless you're, you know, your eyes are real bad um, but even then the nines are so easy to see um, i just want to be able to see a little bit more so i'd love to add that second graph up front and i think tens are just you get a little more screen with the 10s and it just seems to lay out a little nicer when you go look at the demos and see them. So I would go with two 10s at the front and then 12 at the dash, that way I can split the screen and do everything I need to do back there. Um, but I'm talking about a little more serious of a boat than what I'm fishing now or what I need now. Um, that's if I'm gonna go after some money and go fish some smallmouth for for money. And I'm definitely on that, uh, on that track. So, all right, well now we're gonna talk about the controversial I didn't even know it was controversial, but apparently it's controversial. Panoptis LiveScope. So stay tuned. So Panoptics LiveScope. So we kind of talked about already making the uh, transducer uh, independent of the trolling motor shaft. I think that's the route you just have to go. You know, just plan on spending the money and getting that when you order your boat and have it built and uh, yeah, just go to that independent mount. It's gonna be a lifesaver. After using it for a year, I that is the way to go. Um, just to be able to fix that structure more effectively, get yourself set up where you're comfortable in the boat to fish from and go from there. And uh, so, Panops Livescope. It's controversial, I guess. 
Um, some people believe that it's going to ruin fisheries because so many people can see down at the bottom. Um, but apparently those people don't get onto the uh, Garmin question and answers form and see all the questions asked about this stuff. Nobody knows what they're doing with this stuff, guys. Um, I used to say it all the time selling boats. People would buy two graphs of the console, two graphs of the front when I was selling bass boats. And then they'd buy pan optics and they would buy, you know, the toy motor and everything. And then they run that. They should buy it. You should have it and practice with it and learn how to use it. You'll be more efficient. But they'll spend more time at the water or on the water looking at their electronics they do fishing. You still have to fish. And uh, so it's not going to ruin the fishery. I do get what people say about how when you're running panoptics and you're filming, um, say you're on the BSS tour or, God forbid, the MLF tour. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but BSS is king. Anyway, so... Uh, say you're on one of those and you're being filmed you know it is like talking to somebody when they're on their cell phone when they're staring at that screen that's the best way i've heard it described and i would i would put it that way you know just staring down there it would be especially hard to produce a show um where you're doing a strict live scope and make it entertaining unless you were really really good at talking and kind of demonstrating what you're doing um so we'll keep that in mind in the future when we are doing more and more of that this year um for filming and keeping it entertaining but there's no doubt about it guys LiveScope is a game changer. I mean, I in Lake Pleasant, Arizona, just a couple weeks ago, keep going back to that, but it was just amazing because I really got to practice with this stuff more than I did last year. I'm seeing trees 30 feet down. I'm marking them on 2D, and then I'm turning on that panoptics and hitting that tree, and I can see the fish circling the tree. I could tell they were crappie. I could tell they were either wood crappie or white bass, somewhere around that size range, and I could tell when a striper was down the bottom. It is absolutely amazing what you can see with this stuff. I mean, it is like watching a cell phone video of fish. You want your spoon or your Alabama rig or whatever you're dropping down, going across the bottom. It's, it's here to stay, guys. It, it's here to stay. You're going to have to learn how to use it to be efficient. The fish are going to adapt to it, especially if you practice catch and release for the most part. I'm not going to tell you not to eat fish ever. But as long as you practice for the most part, these fish are going to learn. They're going to get pushed from those areas that they've been holding in for a long time. And they're going to change up their tactics too um, to combat, you know, being caught. So I don't think we have that to worry about. Um, as far as like some circuits and stuff, banning it is, you know, I've heard about it. I believe in some walleye circuits and uh, some ice fishing circuits. Um, in bass, that I haven't heard a hint of wanting to ban it. Um, so I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I think it's just too useful. And if, when you get into start, it's a new technology to what we do. And when you start getting into banning that, I, what do you want the sport to be? I mean, really, you, you, what do you want it to be by banning something that could further it along? You know, the, the only argument you'd be making is, well, the young guys do it better. Well, yeah, the young guys might do it better. Um, it, it just, ha you know, that's a natural thing to happen in sports in general um, and our sports are very innovative there's a lot of things that come out about it and, and you know you just have to deal with it either adapt or lose you know that's the nature of competition so i don't see any reason to ban it i don't think the fish will be affected i have been seeing the last few uh I do quite a few videos i've been watching actually where guys are doing two not one, but two Panoptis live soap transducers, one on the trolling motor shaft and one on an independent pole. Guys, when is it going to stop? That is too much. It's not going to be too much because in a year, everybody's going to be doing that. I get it, but holy crap. And this is a lot of freaking sonar. I can see a future where it's going to be more 
relevant to turn all your sonars off so you're not hitting sonar pings off the bottom and, and spooking fish and having to fish dead silent and i mean complete radio silence like not no graphs on or anything so if you're old school and you don't like to use that stuff and you want to be a fishing purist it might be the time for you because they're being blasted with so much sonar that you know it might be better you get into a tournament and you know, run it during practice. And then when you're actually fishing the tournament, you're going to turn all your electronics off. So you're not scaring the fish out of the holes that you found and just run GPS and turn all your transducers off. It's interesting is what's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, a lot of changes and everything. That's kind of all I got to say about the Garmin stuff. I mean, it all works. It's all been seamless. It's worked really well. Um, I helped the techs installed it. I basically installed it myself with them and regular guy with simple knowledge and understanding of how to bolt things to boats and everything. I mean, there is stuff you need to do and do it properly. As long as you understand those basics, it's easy to install. It's easy to set up. Um, I did do my updates on my graphs, panoptics, and trolling motor. Did all those updates um, this last week. Very easy to do. I did it through the Active Captain map. Just make sure when you get your graphs and everything, go and buy a uh, micro SD card just from the get-go and put it in one of your units and then you can download through the app to captain app to that chip in your graph to install the updates and then you just take your next uh, graph and plug in and then you can install it there so really really easy to do guys it was it's seamless absolutely seamless and the active captain app just works extremely well i haven't had any issues with it um so that was really cool um as to that i'm gonna recalibrate the trolling motor so i'm gonna have to revisit this and say and kind of talk to you about you know after i do that how much if it's any tighter on that spot lock and uh kind of the jog features and everything um i my assumption is it will be um because i've read about other issues where people weren't as tight as they thought they could be and it ended up being just that and i did not set it up in the most ideal condition so most likely it is my fault um, i was just antsy and excited and wanted to get it set up that's Garmin. Um, in a nutshell, it's kind of what, you know, I have a really basic setup in today's world, basic, and uh, it works really well. So to conclude, um, I would say if you're setting up a boat, um, Garmin needs to get shallow water anchors to complete that one boat system that Humminbird is always preaching so much. Um, so once they have shallow water anchors, which they need to go towards the power pole route and do the hydraulics, do not do the Minn Kota Talon route of electronic. Hydraulics just seem to be so much more proven. Um, as far as my next boat, it's going to have power poles on it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I've gone away from it a couple times now on a couple different boats, and I just, I don't want to do it again. They're too handy. The boats I've had that I've ran, not that I've had, but I've ran with them on it. They were so handy to get out there and use it. So Garmin really needs to cut some on that end. As far as the market goes, they need to come up with an auto-deploy full electronic trolling motor to, to go against the um, Minn Kota Altera. Especially up here in the Northern Territory and stuff, it'll be, it'd be a good seller versus the Minn Kota stuff. Um, yeah, so you're, you know, if you're putting a bass boat together, if you're putting you know, a multi-species boat together, you know, you're going to be fishing bass, walleye, deep water fish, you know, I'm going to be doing lake trout and everything, check out the Garmin stuff. Um, I'd go with a minimum of 10s. I would do a, a live scope transducer for sure. I would do it on a separate mount, mounted to the trolling motor to where you have the electronic turing so you can angle it the way you want it to. I don't think there's much more I would add. Um, if you're going to use a lot of live scope, two graphs up front. You need to do two graphs up front. It's expensive, I know. Do it. it it's going to be an absolute lightsaber. Um, they come with perspective mounts now, so you don't have to worry about that. That just helps you in shallow water, flip them over, and uh, you can see so well with it. It's just crazy. 
Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of my talk about Garmin. I kind of, you know, it's kind of a pump up thing. They don't sponsor me, but uh, I've had really good luck with them, and I want to stay with them. They're just a good product, and the customer service is amazing. I've dealt with them on the customer side and on the tech side when I've called for uh, texts and stuff at work and asked some questions. They're helpful. They get things to you right away. Um, they are on it, guys. Garmin is the company of the West Coast. I think they should rule the market in this for sure. They need shallow water anchors. They need an auto-deploy trolling motor. Um, I think that's about it, you know, and they're, they're going to be successful. And I absolutely, I, I, I love them on my boats. They function well. Can't say it enough. I said that, so uh, next week, it's going to be me and my wife on. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining again. We'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We'd like to take a quick moment and thank our sponsors. Monarch Fly Lines. Did you know that there is an American-made PVC-free fly line? Monarch Fly Lines from Boulder, Colorado has all the lines you need and is offering 10% off to any of my listeners. Use NextGen Marine 10 at checkout. Corker's Wading Boots. With soles that can be changed for traction demands, look no further than Corker's Wading Boots. I've fished mine all summer long, and all I can say is with a retention system that's both fast and reliable, Corker's are sure to keep your feet under you on any river. Find the links below, guys. Thanks for listening.